Welcome to Stories from the Field. This podcast is meant to celebrate and educate on what God is doing in the nations. Because sometimes the nations can feel like a far out distant idea, and we're here to share that they're real. Maybe these stories inspire you to become an overseas missionary yourself, or maybe they inspire you to share with your neighbor across the street. God isn't looking for those with all the talent and accolades, but for the humble and the willing. He'll take care of the rest. So from the powerful to the funny, inspiring to the awkward, these are stories from a day at the office from fellow missionaries. Thanks for listening. Hello, everyone. Today we have Abby Oshman on the podcast. Um, Abby, could you give us a little rundown of yourself, um, where you're from, your role with Overland, how long you've been a part of Overland, how'd you get connected to Overland, all the things. Yeah, definitely. So like Zach said, my name is Abby. I'm from Jacksonville, Florida. I originally found out about Overland from a friend. Her name is Caitlin. She actually works in our sustainable um, department. Cool. And we went to high school together, really hadn't talked in years, and um, was scrolling through Facebook one day <laughs> and saw a post from her about all the Lord had done in her life when she took a trip to Zambia. And I was like, ah, oh, I want to know what this girl's talking about. Yeah. And so I reached out to her. We grabbed coffee, and the rest is history. <laughs> I did AMT, our advanced mission training program, in 2020, cool. and joined staff with the expeditions department, and have been doing it since. And Zach and I got to lead together in Zanzibar this last year, which was super awesome. So yeah, it's been incredible so far. Awesome. Did you, okay, question. Did you go into that AMT training thinking, yes, I'm doing missions, or are you like, I don't know, I just know I'm supposed to be here. Like, what was that like? Yeah, that's a great question. I actually had no idea that there was even like an opportunity really to join staff afterwards. Like I knew Caitlin was continuing stuff with Overland, but I didn't know like what that looked like. And I kind of just like knew that there was no way I could go to Zambia for three months and not be touched by the Lord in some way. So I was like, okay. And obviously, like, see people's lives changed. Oh, yeah. But I was like, you know, this will be really good. I feel like the Lord is saying yes to this, so I'm just going to go for it. Yeah. And while I was there, <laughs> he showed me there was a lot more to it than just that three months. And Here we are. Great. Yeah, here we are. <laughs> <laughs> cool, cool. So um, the podcast is called Stories from the Field. Mm-hmm. Um we would love to hear a story from the field yeah. from you. So the floor is yours. Yeah, cool. So like I said, Zach and I got to lead this past year in Zanzibar together with some of our other expedition leaders, and it was in, it was incredible. Um, so I want to share a story from Zanzibar. Do it, <laughs> do it. We, so I had actually never been to Zanzibar before, um, and when we got there, it was just, it was so beautiful to see the people there and what they looked like and just the difference in their culture there were just the beautiful colors like i just fell in love immediately with, oh, yeah. with the country and what everybody told me of like oh it's gonna be so muslim it's gonna be scary are you nervous all of these things like it was just so untrue like they're yeah. just such beautiful people with such open hearts and i immediately fell in love and so one of the first 
types of ministry we got to do was in the northern part of the island um, in an area called Kiwangwa. Okay. And we were partnering with the church up there. And it was just so cool to see the church be just empowered. Like they were so excited. And something that I loved that we did was that we took time ministering to the church first so that way they knew how to continue this ministry after we left. So they knew how to evangelize. So they knew how to pray for people. So they knew how to comfort people. So they knew how to relate with people that were a completely different religion than them, but they could still love on them. And so it was so cool from the beginning of that trip to almost two weeks later, see the church just be like fired up and ready to go. And along with that, like we weren't the only ones ministering. They were getting to do that with us. And so the beginning of the week, starting out, just partnering with the church and then, and then us dispersing. Yeah. I think it's, really cool to note that we got to work with the church because i mean the island yes there's a church but i mean that island is 98 percent muslim yeah you know and so a lot of believers there haven't really had the opportunity to like go out and like let's do evangelism like oh we're actually going to do this and tell people and so it's cool getting to pour into the church themselves and see them reach this island that is 98 percent muslim because there's not really any other believers out there like we're talking about a place where churches like have been burnt down yeah and these people are bold enough to say we don't care like if it happens it happens we're gonna go for it yeah and yeah I agree that was that was something that was like so encouraging to me and the fact that I I think something that can be scary is like people ministering in an area that they live in, you know, like it's kind of nerve wracking to minister to people. It's like, Oh, they live five minutes down the road from me. I could run into them any day. Like what if they don't agree with me? You Mm -hmm. know, these people, we were walking out of their church, literally walking through their own neighborhood Mm -hmm. and they're like, let's do it. This, I know this person doesn't know Jesus. Can you come with me to their house? And it's like, what? Like, can we have that where we live, you know? Yeah. And the answer to that, of course, is yes. But it was so encouraging to see that. And so the first day we're walking out of the church and, excuse me, <clears throat> not even two minutes from the church, we get stopped by these people sitting on the road, just a group of men sitting together. And I was with a couple other people and they're like, hey, what are you guys doing here? Because they could tell we weren't dressed like normal tourists. And right. so they're like, huh these people aren't here to like lounge on the beach. Right. And so they're like, what are you guys doing here? And so we sat and we talked with them and I didn't get, we didn't go anywhere else that day. I don't think, or at least not until later um, because they just had so many questions. And then we leave and a guy, his name is Saddam. um, And he gets up with us and he starts walking with us and he's a Muslim or was Muslim at this point. And he says, he's like, well, we need to talk more. Like there's more to this. I got to hear more about this. Yeah. And so, um, I, we have a guy named Jake that lives in Zanzibar with us Mm -hmm. and he is who started our sector in that country. And just incredibly knowledgeable of the word, knowledgeable of the Islamic faith, like everything. And so uh, immediately we were like, Saddam and Jake, they need to hang out. Like yeah. this would just be really good. And so Jake was actually with us ministering at that time. And so we got Jake and Saddam connected and kind of all just went at it together, like as a family. And over the next six days, 
we got to have continual conversation with Saddam, just like every day someone was talking with him, whether it was me, whether it was one of our other leaders, whether it was one of the um, team members that came on the team, whether it was Jake. And sure. And a few days in, um, Saddam decided that he was ready to surrender his life to the Lord. Come on. And it was just amazing because this is someone who comes from a Muslim background. Like yeah. you, when you say yes to Jesus from coming from a Muslim background, you are you are walking into persecution mm-hmm. immediately. Whether it's from your neighbors, whether it's from your family members, some are so extreme that like in this area that like you cut off at that point. You're saying I'm cutting off my family, or they are cutting me off, and I'm okay with it. Yeah. Um, and it's so, pretty nuts. Yeah. Because in Zanzibar, like to be Zanzibari is to be Muslim. Like yeah. it's just one and the same. And so it's like. Yes, you're switching your faith in a sense, but I mean, you're also like, like you're changing a piece of to be Zanzibari. Like it is yeah. very anti-cultural. And so, I mean, he, Saddam was in. Yeah. <laughs> if he was willing to do that, he was in. Yeah, he was like all in. And yeah, it was just so cool to hear his the excitement in his voice. Mm-hmm. And every day we walked by him, it was either, oh, let me come with you, or let's have lunch, or or you guys come hang out for a little while. Like, he was so hungry for it. And then a day or two after he had gotten saved, we hadn't even necessarily talked about all of the things that change when you come to know Jesus. But he looks at um, one of our ministers, and he says, I've had no desire to drink anymore. Like, I just haven't, <laughs> I just haven't been drinking since I, since I made this decision. Yeah. And he was... I would, I would basically say he was an alcoholic, like drinking every single day. Yeah. And that was something like, he was like, yeah, I don't need this anymore. And then a couple days later after that, um, people got to minister to his roommate that he lived with and his roommate also surrendered his life to the Lord. Amen. And some people are walking by their home one day and they see the two of them sitting outside reading the scriptures that, that we've given them. And it was just like such a powerful moment of this is real for them. Oh, yeah. And they're willing to talk about Jesus, read read the word of God outside in a Muslim area and they're just like, who cares, you know? And I'll kind of close it up, but um, we invited him to come to church as well. And it was something that was kind of nerve wracking, you know, when you, when you don't do that and then it's kind of like I'm walking into this new environment and he came and that was so big. And this church that, that said yes to being a part of ministering, um, there we got news a few weeks after we had left that area that they had like no seats left in the church. That <laughs> the village was just like basically taking over the church and that it was being consistent. And they even yeah. had Muslims coming from the village over to come to church on Sundays. And it was like, what in the world? Like, God, you are so good. And this is, this is such a testimony to how we just need to say yes to what you ask us to do and that no one is too far gone or no one is impossible to, to win for Christ. Yeah. I, I really like what you said of like, just say yes, you know, cause a lot of it can feel like that is a great story. Happy for you guys. Um, but it can feel like, could I, could I really be used like that? Mm -hmm. And, but to be willing to be like, Lord, I don't necessarily know how I'm going to say it, what I'm yeah. going to say, um, but I'm willing, I'm, you say to go, so okay, I'll go, I'll open my mouth, and I'm going to trust so that you're going to do something yeah. here. And 
it is cool because I mean that happens and we also do have like you said Jake those sector missionaries there that are that follow-up discipleship really helping them be rooted in the word and so it's it's awesome like the harvest is plentiful man they're out there absolutely cool Abby thanks for uh being on the show thanks for having me thanks for sharing a story from the field (laughs) thanks for listening guys have a good one